Well, amen. Appreciate that, Sammy and Dylan and Tanner and everybody's had a part in the service. It's good to be here tonight. I don't know about you. I like the colder weather. I'm starting to think that I'm in the minority with that. I, I, I hear from a lot of people that it's supposed to be a snowy winter, and I'm excited. If you wonder why I like cold weather so much, just think back to how much you see me mop my sweat off my face while I'm up here. But uh, So I feel like I have extra energy when it's cold, and uh, so the fact that it's supposed to get to 30 and maybe snow on Wednesday in the mountains is, is okay with me. But uh, whether you are just glad to be in a warm building or looking forward to the cold, we're glad you're here. Grateful for our Next Generation service. I won't take time to tell you everything God has been doing in our teens and their lives and in the ministry because, again, you've got places to be later today. But at the same time, we've seen our highest number in two or three years uh, just this past Wednesday. I think the, the record before that was the Wednesday before that. Seeing a couple of teens, it was just we hadn't seen them in at least two years. Just good to see them. And uh, just the decisions they're making, the, the tender hearts we're seeing, just the, the receptive spirit to God's word, and, and just the desire to see all of us as teen leaders, and thanks to the many who are a part of that, just pour into them and just love on them and just be a part of their lives and let them be a part of ours. It's just been such a privilege. Grateful for the opportunity to be the youth pastor, and thank you for all of you who support our ministry and uh, the teens, and uh, please do keep them in prayer. God is at work. God's doing something special, and I'm real grateful to be a part of that. It's been really cool to see teens invite other teens, and these are teens that have come that I had never met before. I couldn't invite them. I didn't know them. I can't walk around the high school and say, hey, you want to come to my church? That's weird. I'll get arrested or kicked out at the very least. But teens are inviting. People are coming. People are making decisions. And uh, God has been good, and we're so grateful for it. Well, interesting title tonight. We're going to look at a message entitled, Let Me See Some ID or Show Me Some ID. You're welcome to turn to Matthew 16. We'll be there in just a few moments. But uh, Maybe ID, and that's just a passport that's actually my passport and my thumb. Uh, I told that to some of the guys up top, and nobody had recognized my thumb up to that point. But uh, I guess I don't have a distinct thumb. My, my index finger is a little more distinct. No, I have not painted my index finger. I just want to go on record as saying that. I slammed it in the door. Yes, it's black. No, it is not nail polish. I keep getting asked. I don't know why. But uh, maybe for some of you, uh, whether you recognize the passport or not there, some of you, when you think of ID, you uh, just don't want anyone to see your driver's license picture because you may be embarrassed about it or see your passport photo. Anybody really proud, like would love, would, would come up here, would let us put it on the screen right now, driver's license picture. We won't do it, but uh, that one turned out pretty good. Guys, the worst part is, uh, as a younger man, I, I was very motivated to not smile in pictures. And so I think it was in South Carolina, that driver's license picture, I just looked mean and it looked like a mugshot, so you, you might want to smile, be willing to, to look a little happy there. But maybe for you, ID really brings up the idea of Tuesday's election, and you really feel strongly about voter ID, and I can understand that. Maybe for you, you're just going to have some weirdly dressed, costumed children outside your house later tonight. I don't know if there's any trick-or-treating going on on Halloween Day today or not, but maybe you'd like to ask them for some ID and see how old they are, because they might be dressed a little younger or a little older than what they are. I don't know. All of those things matter that can come to our minds with ID, but Matthew 16 really shows us the most important form of identification for any of us of all. Matthew 16, and we'll start in verse 21. 
It says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto him, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? As we take up our crosses, we identify fully with God. We can be reminded there is no greater cause, there is no greater person that we can possibly identify with than Jesus. Identifying with Jesus may be costly, but it's also worth every penny. I've heard it said, I'd give credit to who said this first if I could remember, but uh, that fact that we can never fully repay our debt to Christ doesn't mean we can't make some down payments. And we can identify with him in daily life because of everything he's done for us. We can be willing to even suffer for him. We can be willing to have our primary identification, our whole lives truly be wrapped up in him. And we're going to pray and look at three ways, three helpful reminders as we seek to our primary identification that we're showing to everyone around us to not be a passport, to not be a sports team, to not be a job, to not be anything, but primarily, first and foremost, our relationship with Christ and our identification as we take up our cross and walk with him. Let's pray. Father God, Jesus, we thank you for being willing to bear the ultimate cross, the cross of Calvary for us so we could have our sins forgiven and be on our way to heaven. And I pray for anyone in here who has never accepted you as Savior, that tonight will be that night. And then for every one of us, maybe we've been recently saved or saved for, for years, even decades, that we'll make sure that each day that we're taking up our cross, that we're bearing our cross, no matter what it means, that we are proud to follow you full out, that we are proud to have our identification wrapped so much up in you, that as Pastor John preached this morning, that our light will shine, it'll shine to everyone, everyone will know that we're yours fully, and I pray that you'll show us anything in each of our lives that needs to change for us to be identifying with you more and more fully. Pray that you'll bless the message, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, first of all, identifying with Jesus sometimes includes difficulties and even suffering. But Jesus has already suffered the ultimate for us. Really, we can think, and Pastor John touched on a lot of this this morning, we can think, well, you know, what if people laugh at us? What if people don't like us? What if we're rejected? What if, what if, what if? But the worst in the universe was laid on Christ on his cross, when he earned his, our salvation for us, when he bore that for us, that's who we're identifying with. There's nothing that we can do that would be an over-thankfulness or an overpayment. He's worth every single bit of it. In context, in Matthew 16, at the beginning of the passage there, Jesus is saying that he's about to bear his cross, about to die on the cross, the ultimate payment in verse 21, it said, From that time forward began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. If we're trying to identify with a Savior 
who will immediately take away all of our problems, that's not always Jesus' plan. Identifying with Jesus. Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, I've been saved for a little while. I want that to show up more and more in my life. I hope you'll do that. It's worth every bit of it. Never been not worth it in my life. I haven't always been perfect toward Jesus, far from it, but he's always been perfect toward me. Always been worth it, but it's not always easy. We're not going to try to fool you here at Marlbrook. We're not going to try to tell anybody that it's going to be easy, smooth sailing. If you'll just go all out for Jesus, if you'll live for him, then everything will be easy. You ever start to live more for Jesus and things immediately get worse? I've been there. That's because Satan doesn't like it. There have been times where Satan had a real easy time ignoring me. I wasn't doing anything for Jesus. And then there have been times where, by his grace, by God's grace, to the best of my ability, I've been trying to live all out for Jesus. Satan didn't like it. So he would throw some obstacles in my way. He'd try to mess me up in some stupid ways sometimes. You ever get, like, really discouraged about something that's not really discouraging? And it's just little things become big deals when you're just trying to, something simple, read your Bible more. Just trying to finally invite that one friend to church or that one friend you know is about to come and you're on the way to go tell them, you know, about our community appreciation service and something goes wrong. Or you call them and they can't talk right then. And just little things. Jesus isn't saying that it'll all be immediately problem free. Also, if you're seeking to identify with a Savior whose focus is primarily to give us nothing but health, wealth, and prosperity, Jesus does grant those things often, but he has a bigger plan that's so much more than that. So much bigger that sometimes it's the opposite of health. Sometimes it's poverty. Sometimes it's difficulty and challenges. Look at what he did for us, and it's worth it. It's worth it to go through that. So how do you want to be primarily seen? Your family position, a job, accomplishments? I hope we'll be willing to have this be our song. I heard this on a song listening to Pandora Station as I was, I think, doing my devotions the other day. And it says, I will not boast in wealth or might or human's wisdom's fleeting light, but I will boast in knowing Christ at the cross. That's who we're identifying with. Many Jews, many people back then thought their Messiah would come and immediately overthrow the Romans and rule and take care of every immediate problem. And if that was all Jesus did, it would have been such a failure. He would have been such, so much less than what he is. He didn't take away all of their immediate problems and their pain and their suffering. He offered them a home in heaven and a relationship with him starting then and going for all eternity. And that's what he offers to us. It's okay if there's difficulty. It's okay that we're identifying with Jesus who's a suffering savior. He will rule over everything one day. He's in control now. Identification often comes with expectations. I mean, you can think of it. That is my passport. I was not going to show the inside. I was not going to show you my picture. I don't really like pictures of myself personally, but uh, I, I wouldn't open that up there and then show you, bother making you guys look at my picture. But if you have a passport and you travel internationally, there's some expectations. Would you agree if you've traveled internationally? You better know how to go through customs. Or in my case, be with someone who does. Uh, missions trips, I've been able to be with others who have more experience than I do. You travel in the States, there's some different things. Uh, now you travel, it might be COVID restrictions and things like that, but there's expectations. You get a driver's license, there's some expectations. Some of you have had that long talk with uh, your children before and uh, said what having a car, having a driver's license, having that form of identification means. 
But ID with Jesus has some expectations. Notice in verse 22 of our text, as we read a moment ago, then Peter took him, took Jesus, and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. You're not going to die on the cross. You're not going to die. That's not you. But he, Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Now, we'll look on in just a moment, but the word savorist really caught my attention right there. My dad was uh, down yesterday, and today my parents were. Some of you got to see them this morning. And my dad was telling me about a television show. I don't even remember the name, but it's a food challenge show where this guy travels the country and goes to different restaurants that will give you your meal for free if you eat all of it. And so, I mean, it's more food than probably most of us will eat in the entire day. And this guy has to challenge himself to do it. Or it'll be the hot wings that are, you know, ridiculously hot. One thing that stands out to me about that guy, he doesn't savor that food. He's trying to pork it down. He's trying to put it away, just trying to make it happen. And sometimes that's where we're at, even with the Bible. Maybe we take it in. Maybe we're sure to read our Bible every day. Maybe we know the things of God. But are we taking time to savor it? Are we taking time to let it sink into our hearts and into our minds? Unfortunately, Peter wasn't. Now, he would go on to savor and powerfully preach the word of God and lead many to Christ. But he wasn't savoring it then, and I hope we will now. We can think of a lot of uh, young people that love to turn 18 or 21, maybe get out on their, their first apartment, their first home, even a first college dorm room, first time away from mom and dad, and, and the, the privileges of that identity. And all of you as parents are thinking, yes, but there's also the responsibility of that identity. And now all of a sudden that comes in. Yes, we should identify with Jesus and if you live full out for Jesus, there are blessings and good things that you have never experienced yet if you've never done that. If you've never been living full out for God, even with the sufferings, even with the problems and the difficulties that come, there's a closeness with Jesus that you will have never experienced if you've never taken up your cross, as we'll talk about more in a moment, and lived full out for Jesus, identified fully with him. Maybe you've been saved for a while, and it's just never been all about Jesus in your life, and I hope it will be, because there are rich blessings that we'll miss out on. But there are difficulties. We don't have to gloss over that. But one additional expectation that we can have when we identify with Jesus, and this is really true anytime, but nothing bad can ever happen to us without God's permission. It's amazing in the book of Job. I love the book of Job. Try to read it every year. And I love the first couple chapters where here's Satan already defeated, having to ask God's permission to do anything to Job. Now, God in his infinite wisdom with his amazing plan allows Job to go through suffering that thankfully I can only imagine. But Satan had to ask that permission and God only granted it because God had an even bigger plan and an even bigger purpose. If you're saying, okay, I want to fully identify with Jesus, but I don't know. I need, I need some assurance. Be assured of this. Yes, difficulty may come. Probably will. But nothing can touch you without God's permission. Maybe you're saying, well, I've been trying to live for Jesus and this or that happened. God's got a bigger plan for it. You can rest assured of that. In God's plan, it's just amazing uh, what, what happens. Thursday was a normal day, and then most of you have heard that Miss Jen and the girls uh, were in an accident. Um, 
accidents don't go that well. Uh, again, I won't bother to show pictures or anything, but our car with the girls and uh, a 15-month-old baby that Miss Jen babysits slid down off the Blue Ridge Parkway, and if you're thinking of a steep section, yeah, that's probably exactly what it was. And the girls only got scratches from walking back up. There was not a scratch on them. Not a single scratch from the, the car accident. And the scratches, they're doing fine. The girls might tell you otherwise, but they're, they're scratches. They're very minor. The Brooklyn and Addison and, and baby Levi, they're fine. But things don't go that well. I mean, the, the car turned just right to not roll or flip as it went down a very steep section. There, there was just the right amount of brush to slow it down. It never hit a tree hard. I mean, it slid where, I mean, it could have been tumbling, it could have been flipping, it could have been going so fast that it would have nailed a tree, jolted it hard. I mean, the airbags didn't need to deploy. I mean, nothing. Things don't go that well apart from God. And it was just a normal Thursday. I was actually here mowing grass, part of my job here at the church, and it was just mowing grass, got the call, and didn't hear it, or the second one. So Miss Jen called Pastor John, and then I saw it, and then I saw Pastor John, and I went hurrying off to go help. But... As we live for God, car accidents might happen. That, I mean, that was absolutely what could have been a life-threatening situation for my family. But it wasn't. Couldn't have been unless God had a plan for it. Couldn't have been without God's permission. We can fully identify with the one who not only earned our salvation, but is the one who controls the universe, the one who is in control of everything, the one who has to say yes or no to any issue, any problem, even getting near us. Nothing bad will ever happen to us without God's permission. And if he allows it, he's got a bigger purpose. Identifying with Jesus sometimes does include difficulties and suffering, but Jesus has already suffered the ultimate for us. Next, we see that identifying with Jesus means taking up our cross. I want to read those, those verses, Matthew 16, 24 to 26 again, and then take a look at several of the key phrases in those verses. Starting in verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? This is the price tag of a deeper relationship with Jesus. And you know one thing that's shocking about it? When did Jesus say those words? It was before he died on the cross. The cross was not a Christian symbol at that point. It had nothing to do with religion at that point. Nothing. It was a cruel Roman execution tool. And then when Jesus went to his, it stayed a cruel Roman execution tool for criminals that Jesus suffered on for us. And so now it, it has infinitely greater meaning. But he was telling them to take up their cruel, horrible death symbol and follow him. I'm sure it confused them. It may confuse us as well. But as we look at each price tag, or at each part of this, we'll see that the price tag is worth it because it leads to a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, we can't earn or lose our salvation doing any of this. That's Jesus saves by grace through faith. Jesus keeps us. But we can lose the greatest blessings, the greatest impact, and the deepest relationship possible with Jesus if we're not willing to take up our cross, to deny ourselves, and to follow him. No, this isn't re required to earn our salvation. We can't do that. 
but this is deserved by the one who did earn it. I want to share a story with you and make sure you take away the right application of this because this can sound as if it's earning our salvation and that's not the application I want us to have. Doubt that it's a true story, but the story is told about a boy who desperately wanted to meet Christ. He was praying hard about it. One day, the Lord led him to take a walk up a mountain carrying his cross. He took his cross and began his journey up the mountain. In some time, he began to feel the heaviness of the cross. So he cut out a small portion of it and began to walk. Later, he still felt the cross heavy. So he again cut out another portion and continued his journey. This happened a few more times till he finally reached the mountaintop. There, just in this story, he found Jesus standing on the peak of another neighboring mountain. And Jesus, again, in, in the make-believe story, uh, told him, My son, now lay down your cross and walk over to me. But as he, as he laid down his cross, he found that it could not bridge the gap between the two mountain peaks. The gap was the exact same distance that he had cut down. He realized that he had managed to bear the cross. If he had done so without cutting it, he would have reached Jesus. Now, I don't want you walking away thinking we need to bear our cross each day to somehow earn our salvation. It's not to get to Jesus in that. Our cross could never bridge the gap between us and Jesus. Jesus' cross is the only one that could do that. That is all about him. But Jesus has a deeper relationship, a deeper hope, a deeper joy, deeper blessings, and deeper impact on those around us. If we'll let our light shine, if we'll bear our cross every day. But sometimes what he calls us to gets a little heavy. And we want to shy away from it. We want to cut a little bit of it off, make things easier, not identify as fully with Christ. Oh, well, you know, the, the cost there would just be a little too much, so we'll just be, you know, taking that section of our life back or not, not giving that over to Jesus. And while it's not about reaching him for salvation, it is about reaching that deep relationship with Jesus. And did you ever face a difficulty where it didn't feel like you and Jesus were close enough that he could carry you through it? Now, he still can, but sometimes it's, our, uh, it's on us that we have not identified with him as fully, even right now. So when the difficulty comes, hopefully we run to Jesus and get as close to him as we can, but it's hard because we haven't developed that relationship. Let's bear our cross. Let's do these things every day to have the greatest impact and the deepest relationship we can. Let's look through a few phrases in, those, in that passage. Jesus doesn't want to force us to fully identify with him, but we should want to. Our text said, if any man will come after me, it's if. I had a proud moment the other day, not, not anything to brag about, but uh, actually kind of silly. But we went to, uh, to Mill Street Restaurant to eat. My wife loves their uh, fried green tomatoes, so if that's you, if you love fried green tomatoes, I don't, but uh, you can go to Mill Street and get some good ones. But I had just, uh, I think I'd been wearing that shirt that I happened to have on all day, and uh, hopefully it wasn't too dirty, but uh, I just wore the T-shirt I had on. I sit down, we have our meal, and partway through the meal, a lady came up to me, uh, just walking out of the restaurant with her family, and said, hey, I like the shirt. I said, oh, thank you. And then I looked down to realize what shirt I had on, and it was one from a youth conference we had gone to, and uh, it has a Bible verse on the back, so she obviously appreciates the Bible, hopefully a Christian, and she went on her way, and I was proud. I'd identified as a Christian by wearing a t-shirt, but I have to admit, sometimes that's the boldest Christian thing I'll do in a week, put a t-shirt on and go walk around in public. That's a good start. I like wearing a t-shirt that has our church name or even the gospel on it, one of the VBS shirts. I think it's a great thing, but sometimes I'll be proud. I wore a t-shirt. 
I identified with Jesus. And sometimes that's about the boldest thing I do. I hope I'll be coming after Jesus in a lot more ways than just that. Jesus doesn't force us to fully identify with him, but we should want to. Think of everything he went through for us. Next, bearing our cross, it's really pervasive. It's all areas. Jesus says, let him deny himself. If we're going to have this deepest, most impactful, most meaningful relationship with Jesus, we can't keep this part back to ourselves or that part. I was reading a relationship book one time and uh, on, on dating and marriage. Good book. Uh, but uh, it was talking about how to have that right relationship with, with your spouse. And it started appropriately with how to have the right relationship with Jesus, because isn't that the key? I always like to think as Jen and I get closer to Jesus, closer to God, we'll be closer together ourselves. And it's such a beautiful picture. But the book, said, the author said he pictures a ship with Jesus knocking on the different compartments, the different rooms, to represent the different areas of our lives. And so many of us want to seal that compartment off and say, no, 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 not, not, that, not that one, Jesus. Not that one, Jesus. That one's mine. And, and whatever that may be. Maybe it's your leisure time. Maybe it's your time in general. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's this or that. Doesn't seem to be Sunday nights. Y'all are here. But uh, I know for some people, Sunday nights or Wednesday, no, those are off limits. Or maybe it's sharing your faith. Jesus, I'll live all out for you, but I'm not going to speak all out for you. I'm not going to share my, again, whatever it is. Maybe it's your music. I sadly admit to the teens often, so hopefully they'll learn from my mistake, that it wasn't until I was about 18, 19 years old that I really listened to much Christian music. And boy, it had an impact on my life. And I realized how much of an impact filling my mind with secular things all the time was having. But music was one of those areas, one of those ship's compartments that I kept off limits from Jesus for a long time. Jesus tells us, let him deny himself. Say, no, it's not me. Jesus, whatever, everything. All of it, all of the effort, all of the time, anything, it's yours. We should never try to pick and choose or claim off-limits areas. And again, it's absurd to even think about, you picture Jesus on the cross, saying, well, okay, you can do that to me. I'll, I'll suffer that for everyone's sins, but I'm not going to suffer that. Again, it's ludicrous to even think of it. If he went through all of that for us, knowing what was coming, Tanner read the passage from the Garden of Gethsemane, the, the, the crying, the sweating, as it were, drops of blood. Jesus knew what was coming, with the worst part not being the physical torment, but being the bearing of our sins. He knew he would go through all of that. Who are we to keep areas off limits for Christ? But so often, I'll be proud, I wore a t-shirt. In other areas, I'm like, oh, no, no, not today. I'm not going to go knock that door. I'm not going to go... No, I've done enough. No, not, not that area, Jesus. And maybe we'd never say it, but it's so easy to live it. As I was studying this point the other day, again, listening to music, I love good Christian music. There's just something about it. it it's just, it's a blessing to me. Uh, I hope it is to you as well. But the song, I Surrender All, came on just, again, my Pandora station. And it was convicting as I'm, I'm prepping this message, studying this passage. And I think the point is to practice that. I surrender all every single day. I grew up in a church where almost every single altar call included that song. And that was kind of neat as a kid. That seemed rather repetitive, but I get it. Let's be willing to live that song every single day. Now sing it to yourself every single day if you need to. Wake up in the morning in the shower, tomorrow morning, belt it out. Sing it out. Sing I surrender all to your Savior. Let's practice it every day. Because I hope our lives 
will look like that. That I surrender all, not I surrender all, uh, not I surrender some, or I surrender, you know, occasionally. Next, taking up our cross, it, again, it means denying ourselves, not questioning what, you know, this area or that area. Jesus doesn't call his followers to simply take up their hopes of streets of gold, of sinless perfection, of eternal peace, and to identify with that, but to take up their cross where he suffered, to take that up and be willing to bear it. It's not on our time schedule. Jesus never quit for us. Let's never quit for him. Following Jesus means getting to be with him. Been a lot of phrases that have been really challenging, really convicting, but this one's just plain encouraging, I hope. If you're following Jesus, if you're taking up your cross, the passage says to follow me, follow Jesus, you get to be with him. You ever get followed by an annoying little kid? Maybe they weren't annoying. I like kids. I mean, I, it takes a lot for a kid to annoy me. It really does, my own or anybody else's. I love kids. But they just follow you around. And then they start saying everything you're saying. And then they start walking just like you. And, and they're following you. Guess what's true that entire time? Maybe for some of you, that one vein is popping out because you're really annoyed. I don't know. But they're with you that entire time. If we're following Jesus, yes, there'll be bumps on the road, there'll be difficulties, there'll be challenges, but following Jesus means being with Jesus spiritually all the time. We'll often think of the duty and even difficulty involved in taking up our cross and following Jesus, and we've already talked about that, but let's never miss the simple truth. To follow Jesus is to be with Jesus. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, yes, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. But don't forget the first phrase, that I may know him. There's a deepness of a relationship that we'll miss out if we're not willing to take up our cross and follow him. We daily need to identify ourselves as Jesus' followers and can expect to go through much of what he went through, but to also have the help from him. John 15, 20 says, Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But I love Galatians 2, 20 as well. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I love how one commentator puts it. Jesus warned that those who hug their lives for selfish purposes would never find fulfillment. Those who recklessly abandon their lives to Jesus, not counting the cost, would find the reason for their existence. So many people spend miserable lives trying to find something other than Jesus that will give them ultimate meaning and ultimate fulfillment. And Jesus is saying, no, fully identify with me. Take up your cross and follow me. Last, identifying with Jesus is always worth it. Now, that's such an important included point that we've talked about that some, but let's hit it just briefly here as well. Jesus, in this passage in Matthew 16, gives an immediate glimpse of what's to come and the fact that he wins. Matthew 16, verse 27, we didn't read it before. Let's read it now. This is right after, take up your cross, follow me, all of that. It says, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. He's coming again. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verse 28, verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. 
And, I mean, if you got your Bible open, feel free to look to chapter 17. We won't read it. But right there, Peter, James, and John got to witness Jesus' transfiguration. And identifying with Jesus will bring unique and amazing rewards to us as well. Won't be the exact same thing, but it'll be amazing, amazing things there. And, of course, what verse 27 mentions, he wins. He's coming again. I heard it put in studying for this message that suffering always leads to glory. And in this context, which is what the commentator was saying, that's absolutely always true. Suffering for our Savior, it'll lead to rewards, it'll lead to His glory, it'll lead to good things. But suffering, because we're identifying ultimately we're living for, we're taking up something else as our ultimate purpose, might lead to suffering, but it's not going to lead to anything glorious. It's not going to lead to anything amazing. I'll be honest, casual confession right now. I'm doing a little bit of suffering as a Florida Gators college football fan right now. If you follow college football, you know, you can feel my pain. The fourth loss, boy, Georgia whooped them yesterday. It was ugly. It was bad. I'm watching it with my dad, just, just hoping, you know, we're not making the playoffs, but maybe we'll win this one. Yeah, that didn't happen. That second quarter, ugly, ugly. Whew. And then we go to a restaurant, and sure enough, right in my eyesight, second half of that game, and they get whooped more. It was bad. I'm doing a little bit of suffering as a Florida Gators fan. Well, that's pointless. It's silly, and I'm fine. You don't need to feel sorry for me. I enjoy sports, but not a big deal. But if we'll identify as Jesus, with, if we'll identify with Jesus, it'll be worth it. Suffering for Jesus will lead to blessings and His glory and amazing things. Jesus took that model. Hebrews 12:2. Looking unto Jesus, the Author and Finisher of our faith. Here's what He did: Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus could look to the joy ahead as he bore the cross for us. And as we bear in so much smaller ways than what he did, infinitely smaller than what he did, as we bear our cross, maybe we do get laughed at. Maybe we do lose some opportunities in this life. Maybe we even face persecution by fully identifying with him, by taking up our cross so much less than what he did. And so if the joy that was set before Jesus could motivate him to be willing to go to the cross, we should be willing to take up our cross because he's worth it and because of what's ahead of us. Even Jesus, though, we just end with this kind of encouraging point and we're almost done. But even Jesus, though, physically in his human form, as a human, he needed help to carry his physical cross. Again, we need Brother Danny up here singing the great song he often sings at Easter time right about that point and the one who carried the cross. But if God was going to allow the soldiers to provide Jesus help carrying the cross, he'll provide us help as well. It's Matthew, or excuse me, Mark 15, verse 20. It says, when they had mocked him, Jesus, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him. And they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. So we know Jesus is infinite. He's God. But physically, after the horrors of being whipped in that cruel Roman way for our sins and then heading to the cross for our sins, ultimately, Jesus couldn't even bear his own cross. So the soldiers chose a man from the crowd to help him. Do you think Jesus can help you? think God will help you if it gets difficult to bear your cross, to take up your cross? If you go through something for him, do you think he'll send you some help? Absolutely. Identifying with Jesus is always worth it. Let me close with this thought. Jesus was willing 
to be identified as a criminal for us. Again, Romans didn't put good people. They didn't put okay people. They didn't put sort of bad people to death on a cross. They put criminals to death. Now, they got it infinitely wrong with Jesus, but he was treated as a criminal for you and me. He was willing to be identified as a wretched criminal, treated like a wretched criminal for you and me. Are we willing to be treated like a Christian for him, even if that's not always easy? Are we willing to identify as his follower, to be full out his follower no matter what that means? In light of everything he's done for us, I hope each of us will take up our cross and fully follow him every day. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you're with us every day. Thank you for your offer of salvation. Thank you that as your children, we can choose to full out follow you. And I pray that we will. It gets difficult. There's difficulties and challenges because we're following you. But it's worth it. Everything you've done for us, may it motivate us to want to follow you more, to fully identify with you. When people look at us, as Pastor John mentioned this morning, may they, may they see you. May they see our shining, our light for you. May they see us living differently. May they want what we have and really who we have in our lives. May none of us miss out on the deeper relationship and blessings and impact you want to give us if we'll be willing to take up our cross and follow you. Pray that you'll bless the week ahead, everything that means for each of us. Pray for your help, and I pray that we will live this out in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You are dismissed.